Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. When was your first encounter with Jesus? When was your last meeting with him? Was it as refreshing as you had hoped? Hi, my name is Rochelle, and I have the privilege of hosting our series called Women Interacting with Jesus. I'll spend a couple of episodes chatting with women about what this looks like in their lives. But in this episode, we kick off with Suellen taking us into John chapter 4, where we see a Samaritan woman meeting Jesus for the first time. Suellen first met Jesus herself at the age of 13, and that meeting changed her life significantly. She is now the women's ministry worker at OEC and seeks to share Jesus with other women in Orange. Over to you, Suellen. Thanks, Rochelle. One of Jesus' close friends, John, wrote a book full of signs. He wrote this to draw our attention to Jesus, and it's in chapter 4 we find one of these. I'll be covering some well-known territory for many of you, but let's come to this passage with fresh hearing. At the start of chapter 4, we see 30-something-year-old Jesus, tired and thirsty from travelling. He stops at a well in Samaria in the middle of the day. He meets a woman and they talk. This is already strange because during this time in history, men didn't speak to women publicly. Jews, as Jesus was, didn't do anything with Samaritans and women generally didn't come to the well during the heat of the day. But here they are and Jesus opens the conversation by asking for a drink. This is a simple request under unusual circumstances. But it opens the way for the woman to see that Jesus is the giver of the best gift ever, eternal life. John writes in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. The gift of God, living water? At this point, the woman doesn't get it. Straight away, she starts talking about getting water out of the well. Hmm, do I do that when Jesus speaks to me from his word? When I read a command or a word of comfort in the Bible, do I just keep telling God how hard it is to do life rather than drink in his living water? Jesus says more to the Samaritan woman. Let's pick it up in verse 14. Whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. For this woman, access to water was a major task. She had to go to the well, draw it out with a bucket and carry it back to her home. The prospect of never being thirsty again was very appealing to her. She wants the gift. She says in verse 15, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Let's just think for a minute about the experience of being thirsty. It's a warm day, you've been doing something active, and you're hanging out for the satisfying sensation that a drink of water brings. Now come back from whatever island you're visiting in your head. Clearly Jesus is not talking to her about a physical throat-parching thirst. Nor is he talking about the water in the well they are both staring down. But we heard him say he is offering living water. 
Jesus is offering eternal life, a right relationship with God that goes on forever. Remember, Jesus is the giver of the best gift ever, eternal life. Can you remember a time when you understood this gift and accepted it? Look at what Jesus knew about the woman he met at the well. From verse 16, Go, call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Jesus doesn't mince his words. He knows exactly what this woman's life is like. Jesus exposes the mess and reveals her need for living water. She now doesn't sound like friend of God material, but she needs that more than anything. Notice Jesus isn't phased by her history or her current situation. This is her first interaction with Jesus and he gets straight to the heart of things. Jesus tells her God is seeking true worshippers. He says receiving the gift of living water involves, in verse 24, worshipping God in spirit and in truth. Not going to a place or living out a set of rules, but accepting the truth of what Jesus says. That truth is that none of us are friend of God material. I needed God's forgiveness and he freely gave it to me when I came to Jesus confessing my sin. In fact, it was forgiveness for all of my sin, sins past, present and future. All of my sin, all of your sin. That's a confronting thought. You may not have had six men like the woman at the well, but even if you have, the problem we all face is greater than a moral one. It's about us saying no to God as our God. It helps me to think about it like this. Do you have any princesses living in your house? You might be one yourself, occasionally dancing around the kitchen singing, let it go, let it go. We can learn a lot from princesses, maybe not so much the Disney variety. A true princess knows what it is to live under the authority of a king. There is security and peace in the kingdom of a good king. But modern day princesses often think that they should be able to set their own rules and do whatever they want. That might be closer to the kind of princess you live with. Well, we all behave like modern day princesses in God's world. We behave as though we want to be king rather than serve the king, but we won't get away with it forever. God is the king of this world. You live in his realm. When you try to run your life your own way and ignore his authority, you are not living rightly in his world. He knows this about you. We deserve God's judgment for our sin. But Jesus offers a way out, living water. He knows us completely and he still offers us eternal life. If we go back to the Samaritan woman's encounter with Jesus at the well, she now tries to put Jesus off by telling him that someone is going to come who will explain everything. The woman knows there will be a Messiah, the promised one, the Christ, the King, who would come to save people from their sins. But Jesus says, that's me. I'm the one who has come. And Jesus is offering her forgiveness and eternal life. She's been waiting for a saviour and the Christ is already here. Sometimes I think I still live like that. 
I'm looking for a saviour from all sorts of things in my life. But the Christ has come and I put my trust in him many years ago. How have I forgotten the refreshment his living water brings? I have forgotten to continue as I began in repentance and faith, drinking daily from the life-giving well. I have let busyness and poor health and anxieties stop me from interacting with Jesus on a deeper level, in his word and in real prayer. But the Christ has come and he has saved me and he wants to continue to interact with me as he did the woman in John 4. In verse 27, their conversation gets interrupted as Jesus' mates come back from town. But the woman has heard enough to know this was a very significant encounter. This woman who had come alone to the well, this woman who is shamed in her community, goes back to town and spouts what she knows. She says to the people in verse 29, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She has grown in her understanding of who Jesus is and she wants others to know. What an interaction with Jesus and what a natural but also brave response. There were people who believed in Jesus because of what the woman had told them. Her conversation with Jesus resulted in her pointing them to him. We know from later in John's book that Jesus was hung on a cross and died to pay for the mess in the well woman's life. He died to pay for the mess in the lives of the people in her town and for the mess in ours. That's what it took for our relationship with God to be put right. Jesus' death. And it's through this that forgiveness of sin has come and the gift of eternal life is received. This is a pretty big gift, one that should never fade in the eyes of the receiver. We heard earlier Jesus described the water he offers as something that would become a well of water springing into eternal life. Have you ever seen a spring? Water seems to randomly come out of the ground and flow. It keeps on flowing. Do you still have a thirst for God? Has Jesus quenched your thirst in the past, but because of guilt over the way you live or crazy busyness, you feel dry in your prayers? If you have put your trust in Jesus, you have a well springing up in you. Let's go back to the questions that were raised by the woman who met Jesus at the very beginning. She wondered, what is the gift of God? Well, we've discovered it's friendship with God forever, eternal life, not just a promise for the future. It involves living God's way now, not our own. She also wondered, who is this person offering the gift? We've seen that it's the one whose words got to the heart of who she was. Jesus, the one God promised would come, the only saviour of the world. And his word continues to get to the heart of things as we listen to him well beyond our first meeting. And finally, we get a sense that she believed and we know that many others did too. So much was revealed to this woman in her first meeting with Jesus. Can you remember your first meeting with Jesus? Can you remember your most recent one? Was it today or yesterday? Will it be every day? It was interacting with Jesus that changed my life forever. 
And now everything about who I am and what I do is connected to living life, drinking his living water. I hope this one woman's interaction with Jesus encourages you, like me, to go back to the well daily. Thank you for so helpfully unpacking that passage for us, Sue Ellen, and for providing the challenge of continuing to interact with Jesus on a daily basis because we have received the living water he freely offers us. Next time we will continue our series on women interacting with Jesus and chat to Karen about her life as a woman from a different land, Mexico. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.